And it is that time again. We are back on Deadbeat Radio here on Stage Diver Network. But this time with a twist. As always, Terry Snow, back here snapping pictures, running to the mic to say hello. What's up, y'all? And <laughs> before we get to our guests, I, I want to let everybody know that we are live on location here at Schultz Brow Brewery in the fucking beer tank room. There'll be pictures out on the website when this comes out. It is amazing. But big shout out to Schultz Brew, Schultz Brow Brewing. That is a mouthful. It really is. And like the schnitzel. It is. And as you can hear, I have a stage diver favorite as my guest co-host tonight. You guys liked it too much. Mr. So Chase back. Dyer hanging out with us. Yeah, we had like a couple of retweets about the show. So I know. And we needed to give them more, I guess. I'm very happy to excite and excited to announce our guest, uh, who I've been trying to get on the show for a while, but this worked out perfect. Author, comedian, now beardsman, Professor Alex Stokes. Man, thank you so much for having me. Are you this is awesome. Are you an aspiring beardsman now? Well, I had a beard, but uh, I had to shave it off two days ago because I did America's Got Talent. So don't tell anybody. Oh, wait. Never mind. You yeah, just did. Everybody. I just told him. Yeah. But yeah, so I uh, snuck in there and shaved off the beard. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that later. But uh, um, we are here tonight. We're going to be performing later. Uh, I'm hosting a show. We're having a beard competition. Of course we are. Sponsored by Trunk of Man. I had nothing to do with it. To be honest, and uh, not to be bitter. You know how defensive he is already? I was the last fucking person asked. <laughs> Where were you? The funny part was, who else I thought you were the first person asked, and I realized at the last minute, <clears> I was like, why did he not reply? And I was like, shit, I never actually So, again, I, I'll accept that, but <laughs> just for the record, he really a, hates a comedy beard competition That's kicking off a tour called uh, Beers and Beards. Beers and Beards. And I oh, no, was he, the last person lost, asked. He lost sleep over this. I'm not kidding. He was, no, he, he was totally a, did. He was actually the first person. And for some he motherfucked you to his wife. I guarantee it. it. He uh, motherfucked you I'm to sure his wife. Uh. I'm sure but anyway, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, Chris Bell, Emily Gwynn, who was on the Emily was on the show a while back. She's um, one of my students. That's that's yeah. what we talked about. So let, let, we'll go ahead and kick it off with that, man, because I, I do want to get into that. So you do a class for stand-up comedy right. at the uh, University of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, how did how did that come about, man? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? Did was it a summer school '80s movie moment? Did you just like go to class? There was no teacher and just take over. Yeah. Like, what happened? Well, it was kind of funny. Um, one of my good friends, we were sitting around one day. Um, yeah, it's nothing to do with comedy at all. Okay. We were sitting around. and He's like, "Man, you would probably be a good teacher. Like, teach stand up. You should you should call UT." And I was like, "Oh, that's stupid." A couple of weeks go by, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "I don't know. What's worth a shot?" So. I gave UT a call, and uh, they're, uh, it's their night classes department. It's, that's not what it's called. Is this like an elective kind of thing? Yeah, Obviously, there's a, not like a, a degree in stand-up comedy. No, no. no it's, it's just, and, and you don't have to be a student, right? Anybody can go no, and No, anybody take can do it. No, that's I've awesome. had a 14-year-old. I had a 14-year-old girl from Farragut High School. Is uh, that the eight. mom that was not that took the class too? Yeah, Emily. Yeah. Emily mentioned that on yeah, her episode. The mom, so. Yeah, the mom had to take the class because you have to be eighteen right. to take it. Oh wow! And so a bonding experience. Oh well, yeah. No, it turned out to be pretty bad. Have you gotten any like fifth year senior uh, football athletes yet? Not yet. No, I'm, I'm waiting on that. I had to art class. Instead of basket weaving, they can take comedy now. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine if Peyton nothing else was open. Yeah. I, gra- I graduated with Peyton. Ten rows behind. Really? Oh, I've heard you tell a story. 
No, I actually never talked to him in my life. Really? <laughs> no, I was ten rows behind him though. He just was, he was like, like a mythical god. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But, but um, so how long have we been doing it? How how many okay, how many so, classes have we had passed through? So we've through? been through I think four semesters now, um, and the first three were um, it was one night in the classroom, and right. then they had oh no, it's five nights in the classroom, and then they had one big performance at the end, and right. I was picking different um, different venues around downtown Knoxville. Uh, we did Sugar Mamas. Great venue. Uh, four tap rooms. Nice. Uh, Scruffy City. And then the last one, uh, I changed it up a little bit. I reversed it because I had so many students from the first three classes that wanted to do something a little bit more advanced. So um, I just reversed it. I had one night in the classroom, kind of told them, like, this is how the shit's going to work. And the next five night, the next five weeks, every Tuesday night, you're going to perform in a different video in Knoxville. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I made it hard on them because I, I, I booked a redneck bar out in Powell. Yeah, you put them to a That's gauntlet. great. No, that really is yeah. great because you need that as a comedian. Yeah, you need every exactly. flavor That's of That's brilliant. Yeah. Comedy is one of those things. So, so when you got into it, comedy is one of those things where people go, you can't teach that. You oh, can't yeah. teach that. But there are fundamentals you can teach. Right. You can't teach how yeah. to be funny. Well, no. I'll tell you why I like it. This is simple. Like in high school, there's no – like there's a kid that's in the back of like an ISS room right now. Yeah. And if you were like to go back there and talk to him and – get to know the kid and ask him like what's going on he'd just be like well so and so's an asshole and she thinks she's awesome but she's really not shit and this that and the other yeah it's like there's no outlet for him in high school there's no football team there's no glee club but to me that's like the first round draft pick in the comedy club right that kid he's like the 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 farm system the lebron james to bring in the first the recruit that you want to bring in to your comedy class so that you can actually get that energy and maybe make it to where he's not just this negative dropout type of person. He can realize that, hey, being cynical yeah. might be a positive if I if I use it the right way. Right. Yeah. I've said all along. That's why um, I love it. A guy like you is perfect for me. As a kid um, who talked too much and didn't pay attention in school, um, I wish <laughs> they would guide people more to that. Again, I did retail for 25 years, and there is a place for that. You should take the, the kids in school who aren't. Um, you know, again, paying attention and talking all the time yeah. and are the class plan to go, hey, here are realistic career choices for you. You could be a customer service rep. Yeah. You might do dynamic in the hospitality field. You could be an entertainer yeah. and guide people towards that. Um, and we talked about it here before. Um, comedy, and, and this was that way for me. I didn't know because it's a lifelong dream. always wanted to do it. always thought I could. But people don't know how you start. Yeah. Those are things you don't know that you just go to an open mic and sign up. That's yeah. it seems like some secret society. It's right. just a Google it, it, Yeah, it really does yeah. come across like the Masons, like I know they're there, but yeah. I don't know how I become one. Exactly. It's like here's how you become one. You ask, yeah. you walk up to an open mic and go, I want to do this, yeah. you sign up and you do it. And that's the thing that you can teach with the classes. Exactly. Here's how you start, um, here's what to expect, here's how um, time doesn't matter yeah. when you think. So that's that 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 to and me is great. And that and that's you know, I see a lot of comedians are like, you can't teach comedy. And I was like, of course oh, it's, not. Oh, it's frowned upon. But, but you can oh, teach the is, business, yeah. the yeah, mechanics. You, exactly. That, like the, the first cl- the first three classes I had, it was five nights in the classroom. First couple, I'd be like, all right, throw me a topic. Let's work on it as a class and you know, get, you, get you started. And then I had two classes that were just stage presence. Like, here's how you hold the damn microphone. Right. Here's where you put the microphone. Here's how you move on. <laughs> yeah. And then we had one night that was like, Here's what it's going to be like when you go to your first open mic. Here's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to walk in, sign ups, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, and we talk about the business side. How do you make money doing it? Um, 
I need that, that part quick, of the class. That was a quick part of the class. So <laughs> I know, need to take that not. class. So, yeah. But uh, it's, it's been really cool. And then the, the last, this new class I had, it's great because they got to perform in five different venues. Right. It's amazing. Crowd like, changes. You oh, need yeah. to know that. Yeah. Um, um, actual venue changes. So from a stage yeah. to the floor to a, oh, a yeah. bar with a corner with a table right there. And, and there's more than one way to do your set. Yeah. We had one night at Last Days of Autumn where okay, I forgot great, to set up. I forgot to set up. I didn't bring a mic. I didn't bring. They just nothing. yelled? Yeah, we had nothing. And nice. Nobody brought anything. And I had a DJ in my class. He's like, if I was doing it, I brought it. I was like, well. Too late now. You guys are winging it. You're just yelling to the crowd. Well, I think out great. Chase will probably have a similar story. We've all done comedy without a mic. Oh, yeah. We've exactly. all had a mic go out I had a or a, a restaurant mic. that, I don't have no batteries. Yeah, I had, I had a guy do a, a, a mic drop at a mic I was hosting, and it, it broke. Oh, no. And but Not my mic, but my cable somehow. Still. It broke my cable, and... Uh, yeah, so we had to do what we just called Def Jam Comedy. Yeah, we're just, just yelling. Kind of yeah. Hey, yo! Luckily, that plays to my strength, and it yeah. does it to every comics, but you still have to adjust. If it happens, it happens. Right. Just like a guitarist has to learn what to do when you break a string on stage, yeah. and you got to move forward. Um, so that, to me, is a unique twist on comedy and a way to change it. But um, let's go to business-wise. You've done great. You, you've been somebody I've performed with before, and... And I do want to. I want to take a moment. I'm. I'm going to do a little brown nose in here. So pardon me. No. Um, I absolutely love you as a human being, you're and you're a wonderful comic. Here but here's the here. thing. Here um, pitch. You were the very first person to ever pay me to do comedy, and I will never forget that. I think like the restaurant. He was the, he was the first or second for me too. For yeah, the restaurant, for you know, you have that. You were the dollar. first guy dumb enough to put me to headline. Trey <laughs> 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 owes me fifty bucks now. Ah, <laughs> he owes you more than that. Trey Crowder. To me. Like the restaurant that puts the dollar bill in the frame by the red. Um, you mean that to me. And so, again, this was glad to have you here. This was super exciting. Um, but you did something I think is really cool, and some comics do it. I think the greats, George Carlin, et cetera. You, you went to being an author, too. You you wrote your um, three books now? Four. Well, yeah, the newest one's a children's Three's book. Three's already on the stands, yeah. right? Well, no, all four are out. Okay. But the fourth one's a children's book, so it's kind of a little bit different. It's, I mean, it's... It's a humorous children's book. It's about that. a bear. It's about a bear. It's about a bear. Awesome. Uh, my wife um, is, is attempting to write and publish some books, but how does that start? So, like, I realize when you're RD George Carlin level, they come to you and yeah. say, write a book for us, and you have all it done. But obviously, no offense, you're clearly not at a George Carlin level yet. No, We're no, on our way, even, though. No, no. Um, but so, how did somebody who wasn't um, in a huge public eye go yeah. to publishing, writing a book? Well, what happened was, so uh, the first one, I, I had no plans. I never even thought. I mean, I got my degree in medieval literature, so I. Really well, then you at home. That here. paid off for you, dork. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've used it. I graduated in '97, like I said, with Peyton. You do so, a, a Game of Thrones podcast. Well, the closest I've ever come to using my degree was I was at a party once, and some guy mentioned Dante, and I was like, oh. This is it. This is my time. This is my time. <laughs> Put me in coach. Yeah. And so that, that was literally that one. And the, the kids bought Dante's Inferno on the PS3 years ago. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm back in. But um, I actually hadn't thought about writing a book. And so my wife and I were up in Gatlinburg, uh, which is where I have a business up there. And we were sitting there one day, and these uh, people started coming up asking me these dumbest thing questions. You like, in Gatlinburg, no yeah, way. Well, I know you'd never imagine. <laughs> in the Redneck Riviera? Yeah, in a tourist Dumb question. Yeah, in the United I States. know. 
doesn't make any sense. Well, I started getting questions like, hey, man, what time do they let the bears out? <laughs> Who turns on the fog in the mountains every morning? Well, they were dead serious. <laughs> so my wife, she was like, you need to just start. logic in that insult. I, I know. Who turns on the fog in the yeah, mountains? I don't think it's an insult. I think it's a legitimate query. I think somebody it really is. wants to know. No, those are the two most common questions that we get. Who turns on the fog? When do they let the bears out? <laughs> and who turns on the fog in the mountains? Nice. We get those all the So time. let's, let's clear the air right there. now. What time do they let the bears out, and who does turn the bears on the fog? Let out at twelve thirty. A.M. or P.M. <laughs> uh, A.M. A.M. Yeah. Okay. What would you do at P.M.? They kill people. I don't know. Bears hibernate. They sleep late. I don't know. Bears are really rampant. I, right I'm That's not a whole other tangent. Outside about. of my potential for gay porn, I'm not a bear. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and what time do they turn time. the smoke? The fog off? is on at eight thirty. Eight thirty in the morning. Okay, awesome. I'm glad we cleared the air. Here. Yeah, it's all. But um, so, Wait, so as a comedian, you can't help but be sarcastic. Right. I mean, obviously that's so the instant. What I did, I just started making stuff up, and I started having these like long conversations uh, with these people. I was like, just make, like the, the weirdest one I ever got was this guy. He's actually in both of my tourist books, but he asked me if we had a problem with the bears, maybe with the deer, and, uh, huh. and so I was like, I had to pause for a second on that one. He threw me off, but. Um, so what happened was I saw I started posting these conversations on Facebook, and then comedians from all over the country were like, "Oh, you need to like a whole book of that." And so I started focusing like I had a notebook and a tape recorder next to me, and people started coming up. And it took about six months to get a whole book worth. I mean, that's not long, really. Not probably. long at all. Yeah, no. Probably, no, that's not long no. at all. No. And so uh, that's how the first one came about, and then. You have a whole feeder system, basically. So, how did you go from idea to print in stores? How do you you contact the publisher? Do they hear about it? Do you like? How do you go from just idea to to actual having a book? Well, I I decided to just go ahead and self publish, and so I searched around, and you know, Amazon Create Space has a really easy platform, and it's free because you know, as comedians, we don't actually have money. Correct. So. And, um, oh, comedians with families, not only do we not well, have money, we're in kids. debt. Yeah, four so. kids and a wife that's gone back to vet school. So, yeah, I'm really in the negative. Yeah. So, um, living green. Because with today's yeah. internet world, we've talked about this with musicians and comedians, but um, lucky that we do live as entertainers in this world. Yes, we miss some of that mystique as a musician would have missed this era or a comedy would have missed the 80s boom. But we live in an era where, luckily with the internet, anybody can do it. Does that same rule apply to yeah. authors? Is that how it works? Like yeah, you can... anybody can. Yeah, I've actually helped since I did the first one. I think I've helped six different people write a book. Okay, and, and, and it's not, I didn't have to do a lot. I was but just, you like, just this is what the I platform. did. Here's how you get started. And the, you know, the first one's a little weird. You're doing it yourself, but um, then after that, I, I got the, the tourist one done, and I was like, tomorrow I was like, oh. Well, I'm an author now, and so yeah. I was like, I was all excited. Even though has that helped your comedy, putting that just as a resume piece? Has, well, and that was one of the reasons I did it. It's like everybody else was doing T-shirts, everybody was doing this stickers. And I that. love that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like, great. I'm write a book. And, and no, it it, it helps uh, for the most part, but then some people just knew me as the tourist guy, right? And so I was like, oh, I'm not doing an hour's worth of tourist material. Um, Do you find that that doesn't play outside of locally not the the book obviously because anybody can appreciate humor in that form but the comedy does it play like if you say went to somewhere outside of gatlinburg or 
not Branson that yeah. has a Gatlinburg mentality. Right. Does that still play? It's actually played better. Really? It's because the stereotype of the South. I'm yeah, imagining. yeah, the stereotype. And it's like because yeah. everybody around here is already. They already, they've already heard most it's, of the stuff I'm yeah, going to tell right. It's our mountain Myrtle Beach. It's, yeah. it's, it's, they it's live it themselves it's, it's, it's on some form. Board, same place. Okay. They have the same business. It's just mountains versus water. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, when I first um, heard about it, when I, I met you and you were doing it and, and talking about doing the first one, um, my first thought, and I don't know, Chase, if you'll be old enough to remember this or caught along, but you, Alex, you may. Um, Mad Magazine used to do a book series called Snappy Answers to Stupid Questions. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't know about that. Um, are you not familiar? No, I've never heard of that. Okay. So Mad Magazine and Al Jaffe, who was a specific artist for Mad Magazine, did this book, and that's what it was called, was um, 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 Snappy Answers to Stupid Questions. It was a series. They're little paperbacks. catalog of sarcasm. Well, yeah, but they were done in these little, like, one-panel family circus-style skits. And so, basically, um, you would have this distinct Mad Magazine art style of somebody asking a stupid question. And then you would have the person with a snappy answer. And what they would do is they would have, like, three word balloons and then, like, a blank space for you to write one. And so it was this little quick panel one comic, um, and like I remember one specifically was um, a um, a guy walked up to a, a pregnant woman and said, are you pregnant? And then she has one that was like, no, I swallowed a basketball. Um, one was like, no, I've got a fart. Uh, and it was like this dumb series of things. But that's kind of what it reminded me of was that um, almost gym humor yeah. that all comics have at some point and some oh, right. level yeah. um, is that like what do we do this and I did retail for years um, I've said that before but yeah. you do develop those in any job you yeah. know like um, uh, do you guys have this you develop this oh, yeah. right like I would love when I was um, working video games the new hot title would come out yeah. and I've got a wall behind me because now I, I have to go ahead and admit I'm a huge Kevin Smith man clerks changed my life yeah. so I'm a Dante that's just my, my natural role so you're standing by like Madden 98 or whatever year. Yeah. There's this wall of it, posters everywhere. People come in. It's a weird leap, but I feel like you wouldn't listen to a podcast unless you liked at least two or three Kevin Smith movies. Changed my life. I used yeah. to think I was a Dante, found out I was a Randall, Yeah. accepted my work in a much better Why way. Why are you going to make it sound like it's Mean Girls now? Um, it's just how it was. And so <laughs> I would I would stand there behind a wall of, of comedy. whatever the new um, <laughs> EA Madden was, posters everywhere. People would come up and be like, hey, man. Uh, I'm here to pick up a Madden, and I would just go like, oh, so sorry, we're all sold out. <laughs> and do this moment of heartbreak in their eyes. Yeah. Just this, this, you could see it, it was all slow motion, but they would just be like, but, 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 I, I, I pre-ordered it. <laughs> and then you, just, you have that split second to go, nah, I'm just kidding with you, I got yeah. it, man. And so you develop that um, coping of, mechanisms. You're developing aneurysms. Well, yeah, yeah, I did enjoy that. But for the comic slash uh, working stiff, it's a, a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you took your coping mechanisms and your comedy oh, yeah. and turned it into um, a, a specific uh, outlet. And I think that's great. But the second book, though. Well, that goes back to the point about the comedy class, too, with the yeah. kid in the back of the room trying, trying to turn yep. something that someone may say is a negative into a positive. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I think you were perfect. You, you may be the outcast in your head, well, that, but... And he obviously has a very good eye for talent because he saw me in Lancer. That's really true. That's true. we got to give it up for that. Exactly. Um, but now book two <laughs> strays from that. That goes more personal, right? That's the father... That, yeah, that's where I, I decided that I was a full-blown author at that point. That's which, my favorite book of yours, for the record. Oh, well, thank you. It's honestly still on my nightstand next to my bed. Well, you protect me from the mom. I can't believe I'm <laughs> actually saying this to other people, but... Somebody just read it and found eight typos in it. 
Nice. So that's the is that your fault though? Yeah, it's hundred percent mom. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got my picture in it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll well, show that to my girlfriend is like, check this out. Yeah. But it's cool now. Well, on that, on <laughs> that one took me a year and a half to write. And I was actually in my sixth year of doing comedy when it came out, and it was five years of this, but it was about all the weird shows that I've done because I, I started early on. I was a single dad with two boys when I started doing comedy, and I quickly had to make a decision like. You're either going to have to go full-blown on this or do something else. And um, so I taught myself how to do it. <coughs> like, my year number two, I had an hour's worth of PG material and an hour's worth of RPG. Now, I'm not saying it was good, but I had it. And right. so I was getting booked for weird shows. Like, I got booked for 300 funeral home employees. Yeah, you're a journeyman. I was going to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah. Later. I was like... Yeah, I was, you do a lot of the corporate gigs, which are great. Not just corporate um, gigs. He does just... Is weird. It, it's not out of desperation. He just finds them. Like he finds paying gigs that you wouldn't think. Oh yeah, three weeks. Halloween, like October twentieth, is right before Halloween, uh, and they're actually coming to the show tonight from Cincinnati. They're driving down here. Um, it's like three and a half hours. Yeah, I've, I've uh, I did a private house party, a Halloween show with a hundred people dressed in Halloween costumes on a deck. Were you also in costume? Yes. This As time my wife and I. My wife, she wanted to be a cat. Okay. And so I was like, well, I've got to be way more creative to be to do the couple costume. So I, I was an ass trophy. Cat, cat, <laughs> I remember that on Facebook. So yeah, I made a, I made a t-shirt the night before with the trophy with an ass on it, and I was first place. Nice. That's brilliant. Yeah, I know. Again, that's what happens. Those awesome moments are what make a comedian... Uh, a father, a husband, as yeah. the book implies. That's what, yeah. uh, it's those moments that well, make that come alive. I remember talking to you just when we first started talking, and you would tell stories about Holly Shore and oh, yeah. him getting you in the front of the line at, at, at a mic in, in LA and this and that and the other. And I remember really? me being like three months into comedy, being like, you should put that in the book or something. Yeah. Like, that was a weird night. Yeah, me and two other guys drove all the way from Knoxville to LA. Well, we did a bunch of shows in between, but. We get to LA to uh, the comedy store. The comedy the store. Comedy the, store. Wow. For those that don't know, that is the mecca of comedy. The mecca, yeah. Where yeah. Kennison was discovered prior, like yeah. like the comedy cellar in New York, the comedy store in LA. They're kind of like the big two, but like Google I prefer it. the comedy cellar. But I will tell you that the comedy store is the OG. The Google mecca. it, and you'll find a ton of documentaries oh, about yes. these places and the way that they started in the same way music for the Fillmore or uh, yeah. you know. The Apollo if, and these If you theaters. saw a sitcom or a movie from like the 80s and the yeah. 90s, odds are they would pass by Mitzi um, Shore yeah. from yeah. the comedy store. Like, and to this day, if that's a place where you can go up to the open mic and right behind you will be Dave Chappelle. And a hundred like, other people yeah. uh, that have been waiting there for what like two crazy. years. crazy. <laughs> yeah, so we, we get all the way out there and it's pouring out like just torrential rains. And they have this covered porch. We, we finally get up there. We're soaked. And you're waiting for like an hour for like three minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not giving you like five or no, seven. They, no. don't, they don't care where the hell you're three from. Three minutes. You're getting three minutes, and it better be good. There were 50, minimum 50 comedians underneath this yeah. cover thing. And uh, the guy comes out, the official comedy store guy comes out. He's like, all right, here's how you got 15 spots. He's like, we'll post it five minutes before the show starts. It's like, the show starts seven. 655 you find out if you're going on or not. Oh my god. That's a whole lot to so drive for, you know. We're sitting out there just like <laughs> panicking. We're like, we drove all the way from Knoxville. We don't even know. 
And then a fool's gold rush. One of the guys with me was like, wait a second. So how do they pick it? They haven't seen you yet. How no. do they pick it? No. I feel like it's we first don't... come, right? No. It was like random. Because I don't like his shirt. I like his hair. We don't... Like a Studio 54 of comedy? We never we never found out how they picked it's it. It's all the eye test, you know? But what happened is we, we, we one of us thought at the last second, we like, wait a second. Paulie Shore is actually at our home club tonight. There you go. Side Swears Knoxville. So we call the our home club and we're like, hey, can you please ask Paulie and tell him that three of your guys drove all the way to LA to get us on this? And there's only 15 spots. There's like 15 or 16 people here. And she comes back and she's like, you're done. And I was like, what? And then five five minutes later, they post the thing. All three of us were on it out of 15. No fucking way. And all the local guys were so mad at us. They were like, come on. How did you get on there? And we were like, I don't know. Business. <laughs> I don't know, Paulie. So I go in there. Oh, it's, Paul, that's my boy. It's so nerve-wracking because they got three, basically, it's like three separate comedy clubs. There's the belly room. Right. The belly the room. Main, main room. Yeah, and then there's the main stage. You can't go stage. in the belly room? Yeah. The belly room is for like Intimate. Chris Rock, yeah. Leno, and all that. And they pull up, which happened later that night. Lumos just started pulling up, and I was like. So how did they get a crowd for those shows? They don't. They're all their own crowd. They uh, work on new material. Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, like the comedy stores that way too. There's the cellar stage and there's the uh, New York Underground. Yeah. Okay. David Tell recorded his. I know special. in the comedy uh, store again about the main room, the belly room, and the yeah. other one is the, the ice house, right? Ice house, small room, oh, something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you did get to do it at the comedy yeah, so store. Yeah, you got the three minutes. You got three minutes in the in the open mic room, which uh, right before you go up, the guy's like, "All right, do your best." This is like this is where Chris Rock all of them started, right where they're yeah. standing. And I went up and did the three dumbest minutes of comedy that you've probably ever heard in your nice. life. Nice. <laughs> so that bad. opportunity away, huh? It was so bad. <laughs> and uh, I walked off of there. I was like, well, this is none of that. But, yeah, did it, it do well, though? No. 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 Not, yeah. Nothing went well at all. Nice. And the guy before totally you bombed. Did the right. guy before you do well? No. no. And all three of us that went up there, none of us. How no, that's been... the audience? No, well, the other the open open mic's up. Now, I will say that the guys from L.A., we were like, oh, they're familiar. They're probably going to be good. They were actually worse than we were, which yeah. made me feel better. So that, I, that part was a stereotype that L.A. comedians were funnier because they, they were absolutely I was about to ask you if you think you went back now, if you would do better. But I want to sit on that for a minute because oh, yeah, yeah. you mentioned something that, that really caught me up. Um, I, as a comic, I think we all get when people find out you're a comic. You know, people ask you questions and uh, or you always get the... I, I've always wanted to try it, yeah. and there's an annoying level to that, but there's also the I could be inspiring the next superstar, yeah, yeah. and right. so you do get that, like, I, I've always wanted to do it, it's like, great, um, here's what I always tell people, go, go to an open mic, check it out, try it, you may hate it, I loved it, a lot of people do, I would, but... I would always recommend watch one before you do it. See, I did, but I just, um, I jumped in there, and here's what happened for me. stage background, though. It's a that's different. true, that's true. If you've I, never been in front of... People. Go watch, Go watch it. it. Yes, I, I I completely agree with that. For me, I do have a stage background, so I came into it much like a ROTC student joining the military. Yeah, if you rank up, you how to march. And so, um, <laughs> but what I always tell people is go, um, and somebody there will be shittier than you ever imagined, and you will feel inspired because you will go, oh. I can do that. And the irony mm -hmm. is, though, you'll start and then you'll realize that they're actually not that bad. No, that's true. There's a couple of comics, the first show I ever went to, I'm not going to say their names, but I remember specifically a couple of comics that I saw and I was like, yeah, that wasn't bad, but I could do better than that. Yeah. Before I even had a minute of stage time. But to this day, it's like, thinking back about it, it's like, no, they're, they're actually not yeah. that bad. 
and um, like they're pretty good. I actually had bad. When I walked into my very first open mic, a local legend who's no longer around, again, will remain nameless, a, a pillbilly deluxe, oh, if you will. Oh, are we talking about a nice guy? We are talking about a nice fucking guy. I'm a nice um, I walked up, again, guy. I've told the story on the, on the show before, but a, a local legend, you infamous... I try not to. See, on Apple, I, um, we're just like, hey, fuck this You know what? Out. And I don't like. I don't say where I work and where I've worked. It's just not my yeah, thing. We I try to. You know, I, I I don't want to. But anyway, this nice <laughs> yeah, fucking guy was a redneck uh, who would um, absolutely get himself banned from every open mic in town. He I know all three dog. of us know who we're talking about. He choked a dog he in a choked, bar one time. And he stole a beer from That's me. That's the only offense he got from me. But. Well, when yeah, I walked up to my very first open mic, he was on stage. He was my first taste of an open mic. And he was reading from a notebook. He literally she, sounds just like Larry the Cable uh, Guy. That's an easy go-to to say for, for that What do you get his, when his, you cross A jokes? It's his, awful. His inflection, awful. his dialect, his, his accent, it all was very Larry the Cable Guy. Like, but but not in a smart character way, in a truly what Larry the Cable Guy is parodying way. Yeah, he's, he's drunk. Dishwasher at Cracker Barrel. Well, I walked up. He was on stage reading from a notebook, and I went, "Oh, I can do this." Yeah. And that's real. And so I always tell other people that that's inspiring because that's something you mentioned there is that you see people and go, "Oh, well, I'm better than these motherfuckers." Yeah. And you have to have some of that ego to do this business. You have to have a little bit. Yeah. You have I mean, to have every some... open mic is narcissist anonymous. Oh, I've said that before. My yeah. name is Chase. Oh, yeah. I am right, and this is why. Yeah. All right. Or, Let's I am get Chase, even. You are wrong, or this is wrong. And this is wrong. Let's get even more meta, and this will affect definitely Chase and Terry. But um, a podcast is clearly just reaching for attention. You you want somebody to listen to what you have to say to the point. You recorded it and broadcasted to the world. It's a you way more aggressive to. Facebook post. Yeah, you have it's to way be. more aggressive. Um, but I, I love doing it. I'm not cracking on it, but that's what it is. Comedy, um, entertainment of any form, an actor, a musician, it requires a certain level of narcissist and ego to do it. You have to. Oh, yeah. well, and you have to keep in check. Well, Waylon, a friend of mine, Waylon Whiskey, and I have talked about this oh, yeah. a bunch. Uh, what I call the hit factor, and he agrees with me on this, is the hit factor is basically the perfect level of balance between obliviousness to like your own douchiness and yep. confidence. Yes. To where you can say and do whatever you want, do the dumbest face, the yeah. dumbest dance, and you don't double think it. Like yes. that, 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 that it factor is almost that perfect blend of like beautiful obliviousness yeah. and talent. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Um, I, I think one of the most important things is to um, have a self-confidence, but again, Keep in mind the irony of I'm going up there to do nothing. Yeah. But I have to be confident enough to do it, which takes a lot of people off the, the list. A lot of people can't do it. A lot of people don't have the confidence. You have to actually be talented on some level, and that takes a lot of people off the list. Yeah, especially because, like, here in a little while, you're about to do what, an hour? An hour of material. Oh, you're going to be so. I've got an hour written. Yeah, we'll see how much I remember. For yeah. people that have never done it, people don't realize how fucked up the time continuum on stage is. Oh, you yeah. go on stage and you, you, you think, oh, that's been 10 minutes. It's been two. Well, we don't yeah. have a gym to work out in front of. Sometimes yeah. it's so the opposite. We do it. We do it yeah, sometimes, sometimes you, come you think there, it's go, been two and you're like, Ooh. fuck, I've already done 15. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so like, um, pauses on stage seem longer to me than they are. Yeah. yeah, even in a podcast medium, I'll pause and think it's a lot longer. Listen to it back, and it's like a fourth of a second. Yeah, yeah. it blows your mind. It blows your mind. And tonight, we're also going to keep it kind of short and sweet as normal. Uh, we do around about two hours, but we uh, we definitely want to uh, get a chance to get all our plugs in and let you know what's going on. But we've got two more books that we want to discuss. But um, before we get into the details, let's take a moment to 
Um, let people know what's going on because you're on tour. You're, this is your kickoff show tonight, tonight's right? Tonight's my kickoff show. Show. Where are roughly are you going area wise? Well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna specifically start out in the southeast. Okay. Um, we're gonna be hitting Georgia, North Carolina, Kentucky, Louisiana. Um, still working on all the dates and trying to get all my sponsors. I've got four different sponsors that sponsor different. One things. of which is Trunk of Man, who's doing this tonight. Yeah, Trunk of Man is, is sponsoring the show tonight. They uh, a premium beard care company and uh, then. Tennessee Homemade Wines. Is a, they're one of my big sponsors. I um, see your lovely wife waving at us. Yeah. Tennessee Homemade Wines is one of my big sponsors, but they uh, they take, take care of <laughs> Sorry about that. Alex's uh, wife just walked yeah. up and yeah, knocked on the door to Jenny. Uh, hi, Jenny. We're, uh, we're having a moment uh, to discuss the tour going on, um, which is going to be going how long? How long are you heading out? It's going to be just very sporadic because, as you know, we've got four kids. So it's whenever I can get away for three or four days here, three or four days there. To do a job, do comedy, have a family, be successful at any of them is hard work. And it's not easy. It is. It really is. You have to love it all to want to put up with it. Because either as a family man, you easily can go fuck comedy. Yeah. As a comedian, you can easily go fuck family, mm-hmm. and so um, it is. It takes a love of all of it to keep going, and yeah. so and we'll take a moment while Jenny is standing here listening. Um, I have a lovely wife at home who who helps celebrate and encourage that, and that's big. And I so we give a big uh, uh, yeah. salute to you guys because honestly, um, it, it it takes support and understanding. Because um, again, a lot of family goes fuck you, you're out, and yeah. so it's not easy to do. Um, but we have the tour coming up. Where can we find the books? Where can we locate? Uh, Messing with Tourists 1 and 2, 5 years, and what is the new uh, one? Messing with Tourists 1 and 2, 5 years, and the City Bear and the Smoke. City Bear, that's the kids' book. Yeah, okay. so it's not, yeah. Okay. Totally that's one I need to talk to you off air because my wife is attempting to write a kids' book, and oh, that's yeah, her yeah, dream. So yeah. if you're helping guide people in that direction, I yeah, will need that. So we can find those at your website, Amazon. You can find them at, uh, yeah, it's comedianalexsoaps.com. Um, there's certain stores around East Tennessee, it's very random. Can you find them at like nationwide uh, booksellers? Amazon. Yeah, it's all on all Amazon websites. That's awesome. Had a guy in what Sweden, I think, bought a copy. No way. Yeah. There you go. The very first book I ever sold, no joke, um, was Messing with Tourist One was Netherlands. Wow. Down in the Netherlands, and he has been a fan ever since. Like. That is awesome. He buys every book. He's always trying to be the first one. But he's probably like, like the Stokes of Amsterdam. Yeah, probably. Awesome. He's like has his own. Tour it's probably like it's probably just a little. Oh, it happens to one guy. That's what we just imagine. Yeah. All right. So this is a chance where we do give a chance to plug everything. We know where to find the books. We know where to uh, hopefully catch up with you on tour. How do we get signed up for the class for people that are listening to this and go, yeah. I want to learn that. How do they sign up for Professor Alex Stokes's comedy class at UT? Couldn't recommend it enough, guys. Yeah. Check it out. The uh, the next class is actually not until April because of the tour. Right. So I um, I pushed it back, and it's going to be it's a you go to the University of Tennessee uh, Professional Development Catalog uh-huh. and like you would find biology one hundred and one et cetera. Well, no, you're going to find more like cooking, photography, oh, okay, elective um, type things. Collig- like a lot of times, my classroom gets stuck next to the polygraph. Calligraphy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like people come in there like, is this the calligraphy class? And we all just make fun of them. One's nice. deciphering an ancient language, the other one's deciphering Roman security. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much, yeah. So, uh, but the, the one in April, it's a brand new one. What I did is I fused the, the first two together. It's going to be an eight week class. We have four 
four nights in the classroom, four performances. So like a lab, lab and a lecture. Yeah, you're gonna get a little, yeah, it's, exactly. Cool. A little bit of both. Awesome. So, uh, uh, we kept the price the same. I mean, it's not so people still class. have time to sign up. So bucks for that's not bad. That's not bad. You yeah, would take that for any kind of you know instruction. If you thought about like yoga or anything, oh, yeah. like you would pay that for any form of instruction. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. What else have we got going on? We got the classes. We got tours. We got books. Uh, Gallenberg comedy tours. If you come to Gallenberg, I'm getting ready to crank oh, that okay. back up here soon. Awesome. Those, did, those did really well for you. Yeah, yeah. Day. I took a break. Took a break from him to do some writing and stuff, but I think we're getting ready to crank it back up. Uh, uh, that is awesome. That is, yeah, uh, Trey Pack and Emily, both a former member. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many people allow us to be in here, but hey, guys, um, we're just uh, we're taking over. Chilling. Yeah, they may come kick us out in a minute, but before they do, we've got a chance to hang out with you, and we thank you so much, Alex. Well, Again, this has been awesome, but you're not off the hook yet. You're not off the hook yet. Oh, Terry is already laughing on the inside. He knows oh, what's coming. Actually, I'm Terry, Emily, and we don't have time for a five to drive. I can't do this. Okay. Uh, no, I was going to do just a five to drive and call it quits. It's ESU to give you lists of fives about things. Okay. I'll tell you what. Maybe we will We will let you off. Terry says we're out of time, so we are going to cut you off. Shane, please step in here and say hello. We're ending now. Um, Shane, Shane's uh, pizza is amazing. Who, it's fantastic. Shane is running uh, the, the the Schultz Brow and is the loudest to come in and do this. We can't wait. We got a show coming up. But Shane, thank you. Well, thank yeah. you all. You for have been amazing. We're, we're, we're waiting on a hell of a show. I'm gonna have a good time. Well, we're we're finishing to wrap it up here. Everybody's gonna have fun. We're gonna do a little uh, comedy, a little beard, and a lot of beer. Shane, yeah. we're we're doing plugs. Give us a chance. Where can we find out about Schultz Brow? If anybody wants to hear this, to find Schultz, out. You can go to SchultzBrow.com or on Facebook, or just come down and see us at, at the brewery, 126 Bernard Avenue. Beautiful, beautiful. So come thank you, Shane. Uh, we're coming out for a comedy show. Chase, thank you for being our guest host. Yeah, uh, coming I'm out. Um, right, dude. Hey, good. Thanks for nothing wrong with that. Terry always keeps us running, but um, again, we couldn't do it without wonderful guests. Alex, thank you, thank you, so thank, you thank you. We love. You. Uh, you have a wonderful show tonight. Break a leg, and let's go do some uh, let's go do some it. goodness, guys. Thank you for joining us on this kind of improv uh, out, of, uh, out of the blue episode of Debbie Radio here on Stage Diver Network. It was, it was recorded it was on awesome. a barrel. I know. That's very um, new. <laughs> this is totally different than anything we've ever done. So this is a, a good experiment. We love you. Thank you for being here with us, Stage Diver Network. We are out. Please. Awesome. Again. <laughs>